Hello and welcome to another Stay at Home Fans minicast. Coming to you from a basement in Denver by our unsuspecting sponsor, as always, Astroglide. I'm Charlie Hargrave, and I'm here with my two co-hosts, Dane Mellick. How are you, Charles? I'm doing well. About to do really well. Do a lot better. And Evan Smith. Hello. Oh, What's happening? <laughs> to all of our listeners out there, let me just give us a quick rundown on some of the things that we'll be covering today. Uh, we'll be touching on the UFC 222 that was this past Saturday. Lefty Phil Mickelson shining in Mexico City. Kevin Love opening up. Shaq Griffin winning the combine. And Ed Hockley hanging up the stripes. But first, I've got a debt to pay. <laughs> you can tell I'm already nervous about this from the voice crack. He's been practicing. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, last Thursday, we made a little bet on the UFC 222 fight card. And as predicted, yours truly went 0 for 5 in the fights. Oof. Claiming Oof. the strikeout. Almost impressively bad. Yeah. It really I feel like is. you should get a reward for being that bad. He does have a reward for doing that bad. Yeah, it's quite the reward. <laughs> That's a good point. So what I've got in front of me is a nice bubbler of Colorado Recreational Herbal Remedies, a lukewarm shot of Jim Beam, and a crisp, ice-cold Rolling Rock. <gasps> and an added uh, bit for dessert here. Uh, we're doing a little twist in honor of the Oreo cookies, 106th birthday, which is today. I will be capping off the strikeout with an Oreo before blowing out the smoke. This is the greatest oh. birthday ever in dessert history. Oreo's I mean, the best. I mean, this really is the only way to eat an Oreo. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Milk sucks. Yeah. And you need to do it after a strikeout. Exactly. So without further ado, here goes nothing. I really hope I don't burn my mustache off. Let's get that bubble sound. Nice. Salt, pure. That thing's pure. It's too easy. And here goes the beer. It's too easy. Oh, he's got one thing Man. left. It's down the hatch. And the Uh-oh. Here cookie. comes the hard oh. part. Oh, the cookie oh, blow out the smoke. You want to swallow the cookie first? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you you added that feature, so you can just you can sidestep that bad boy. <laughs> I forget how how dry an Oreo is when you don't dunk it in milk. You should have dunked it in the shot before you did it and let it sit there for a little bit. Get all soggy and then. Ooh, that, that, would, that would that would be horrible. I, I mean. Is it really much different than what you had? <laughs> I feel like it's not a body. bad kill for the shot. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Little chaser might have a little, might have some chunks in the shot, but whatever. Yeah, okay. you did good. I mean, I I'm, feel like yeah, go ahead. I, I do have to say I'm really glad to have that uh, that Oreo cookie there after that disgusting Rolling Rock. I can't believe I settled on that crap. Rolling Rock's yeah. bad. I feel like it's one of those things. Like when I was in college and used to smoke cigarettes all the time, I used to always think that if I chewed a piece of gum while smoking a cigarette, that it would make the cigarette taste minty, but it just made the gum taste like cigarette. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So that's like a budget menthol. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. I, 
Yeah. Why wouldn't you just buy a menthol, dude? Come on. I have college grad. Should have bought those uh, college or the. I don't always want a menthol. The The camel camel crushes. You know, where you pop it if you want it to be menthol. Oh, yeah. (sighs) Yuck. I never smoked cigarettes, but. uh, Me neither. Thank God. I knew plenty of people who did smoke those camel crushes, man. But. Let's get back to Oreos, man. I can't believe a cookie has been around for 106 years. Like, talk about the most iconic cookie. I can't breathe. <laughs> the most iconic cookie ever. 106 years. It deserves it. It I deserves still... it. Dude, this, this is one thing that I had growing up every single day. We had it in our house growing up. My mom was obsessed with cook with Oreo cookies. Every single day, we had like probably twelve packages in our house. Man, I you can ask any of my friends. Can't blame her. Yeah, they were oh, phenomenal. Man. I've I eaten mean, a whole pack in one sitting a even couple dry, of times. They're fantastic. So good. Oh man, just that. <sighs> Happy birthday, Oreo! It's tough. I feel like my opinion is altered right now because I've been slamming so many Girl Scout cookies recently. So I've got a recency bias towards Girl Scout cookies. But in the long run, I feel like the Oreo is. Probably the best overall classic cookie. Yeah. You, yeah. You're correct on that. <laughs> Coming from a guy who ate three Girl Scout cookie boxes over a span of three days. Man, just something about eating an Oreo right Oreos now brings me phenomenal. right back home. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Greatest cookie ever. Goat. Well, should we get into the reason why Chuck had to do that strikeout? Let's get yes. a few more details. So, UFC 222 happened over the weekend. Um, it was headlined by Chris uh, Cyborg Justino facing off Yana Kunitskaya, where basically we saw another sheep fed to the lions. That was a harsh destruction. Um, I will say, yeah. I I got to give it up, though, to Kunitskaya, because she, she came after... Cyborg. She actually like, was having some success. Took um, her down and had her down, and almost like there were a couple points in time there where I thought, you know, maybe Cyborg's going to slip up and she might get into a submission here because I feel like Cyborg's never put in that position. Yeah, I mean, basically, Cyborg rocked Kunitskaya within the opening bell uh, about 30 seconds into the fight, landed a left hook and then a right cross to the body. Dropped Yana. She went down, grabbed an ankle, somehow luckily hung on to it, took Cyborg down, uh, was able to hold her down for a little bit. And then when they got back up, she was having some success holding her against the cage, which I think, oh man, I don't know. Like it, it looked like, I thought for a second we were just going to see five rounds of Yana holding Cyborg up against the cage. Um, nope. That did not last very long. Nope. Cyborg was able to separate and then got the knockout shortly after. So good on you, Cyborg. Um, uh, one quick thing on that. Um, I think that the whole, I think Cyborg was honestly toying with her the whole time. I think that she just kind of let her be, put her up against the cage to kind of show her, you know, hey, maybe you could beat me. Um, but you know what? I'm going to actually stand up and just beat the hell out of you. That's kind of what I think. I don't know if it's a let her do it thing, but I don't think she was ever worried. See, never. I think it's more no. that she wasn't worried. Yeah. So she didn't have like the same sort of adrenaline pumping before the fight. Like, she was a minus I think it took her, I think it took her a little time to just like actually gear up for the fight yeah. yeah yeah it's tough i don't really know what you do with cyborg i guess you make that amanda nunez fight that's all you can do at this point i think I, I, or bring I, back ronda 
make a <laughs> make a bronze bust out of her. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that's well, not a bad idea. There's not much you can do. Um, all in all, I feel like eh, the card had its ups and downs. There was four split decisions on the card, which we don't see too often. And usually, when you get a split decision, it's a crazy back and forth. Or was there five split decisions? How was there yeah. five split decisions? There's only five on the main. Are you talking about? He's talking about the entire, oh, okay. top to bottom. Oh, okay. There was five okay. split decisions, which I believe tied the record for most in a UFC card. Um, but there, uh, I don't know. I mean, Cody Stammen, Brian Caraway early on the prelims was a really good fight. Other than that, I think they were just bad judging calls. Um, for anybody Happens. deep into the sport, Adelaide Bird, uh, the one that majorly fucked up the first Canelo Triple G fight, was back judging again. I have no idea how she still has a job, um, but I have a feeling that that might have had something to do with all the split decisions. Money. Yeah, if she played why, any she part should've... of it, she should be toast come on there's like, no mobs way she still, she's the one that scored uh canelo beating triple g which led to a draw mobs working for her. which was a joke yeah but it's just like she's had so many fuck-ups i can't believe she's any commission is still letting her be a judge i don't know mobs um, running her but <laughs> i don't need to get into all that there were yep. a couple highlights on the card i gotta say congratulations to my boy brian t city ortega Woo! um God damn, did he look good against a legend in Frank Yeager, a guy that's had 20-something fights in the UFC and never been finished before. And Brian oh, Ortega. he got put out. I mean, yeah. that was rough. He got rocked with it, a step-in elbow um, oh, over the God. top. And then Brian Ortega just looked like he had all the time in the world to land that shovel uppercut and literally knocked Frank Yeager off his feet into the air. Thumped him. Rough one for Frankie, but he's been posting a lot on social media. He said he's back. He feels good, and he's ready to start training again, and he's not going anywhere. So it's not the end for Frankie. Dude, that punch was like straight out of a video game. Mm -hmm. He just uppercutted him, (laughs) and like the dude just floated into the air. It It looks like Street Fighter. Yeah, exactly. How much time he took to set it up, too. And I got to say, that elbow that he hit him with was vicious. Right on the top. It was right as Edgar was about to just... Give him like the pullback right and go with the left. And he read the pullback and just fired in that elbow. It was another like, you know, Frankie was kind of going to work at the beginning. He wasn't landing any power shots, but he was, I kind of thought that we were going to see a Frankie Edgar decision of him just staying on the outside and piecing up Brian Ortega. And Ortega just couldn't have seemed more calm. Stayed in the pocket and uh, picked his shots. And God, that was brutal. Put him to sleep. I didn't know. Ortega looked really big. He was huge. He looked really um, big. He cut down, so he got the call for that fight uh, a little less than four weeks out, and he yeah. cut down from about 168, and I think that he put a lot of that back on. And Frankie's just not a big guy, which is no. crazy that at one point he was the 155-pound champion. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he's been fighting at 145. He's had a lot of success, but goddamn, Brian Ortega just had his number that night. Yeah, and Ortega's did. a fucking monster and that set up uh t-city got the official going to fight for the title next yep can never really believe that until it's booked but i gotta believe they want to set that fight up so t-city's next fight will be against one of my favorite fighters in the ufc max blessed holloway for the 145 pound belt that's gonna be nice i just have one thing to say about that the only way that fight doesn't happen is if connor does come back and says i want to fight for it that's the only way that fight won't happen that's very possible that's the only way yeah i don't disagree with that at all yeah um, so congratulations to T-City. Stays undefeated. Looked unbelievable. This, good man. Didn't even such a break a good sweat. person, too. He started his own foundation. Uh, they're giving out scholarships to, I think, like 20 kids for free training for a year at the Henry Gracie Academy. 
he's just a good fucking person. Again, yeah. He got in a lot of fights as a little kid. He's got a crazy story. Anybody interested in that should definitely look him up. He's one of my two new favorite fighters. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. I can't wait to see his next fight. That's um, off, Brian. We'll get into my other new favorite fighter. And you guys know I got to give love to my boy, Sugar Sean O'Malley. Welcome to the Sugar Show as it rolls on. Sean O'Malley wins in a fight of the night decision over Andre Sukumtat. While uh, I think it came out, he didn't officially break his foot. Nothing was actually broken, but it was he, it was fucked up in the fight. <laughs> Yeah, I was reading about this. It's actually worse. It's ligament damage. Oh, but he had no. actually already broken his foot prior at some point in time. It had sort of healed or something like mm-hmm. that. He didn't know it had happened. And yeah, now this time's ligament damage. That means he's going to be out be longer. Like six than, months. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, sucks. he'll be out that for a little sucks, while. Um, but Good thing he's got pot. Second. <laughs> oh, my God. His Instagram <laughs> afterwards was just like. Him hitting a giant bong, him hitting two blunts at the same time. I'm gonna him follow him right with now. Fifteen joints in his car cup holder, uh, just pounds of weed. They named uh, some some company I can't remember in California, I believe, named a brand of weed after him, the Sugar Show. That's so um, awesome. Yeah, man, he's just a he's a great fighter and a pioneer. Really, you know, not to sound all stoner about it, but a pioneer for guys that really believe that. CBD should be able to, to be used as a, as a recovery. Um, it's good for your brain and health and all our other sorts of things. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I was super happy to see Sean O'Malley get the win. And in a fight where if he hadn't fucked up his foot, he was going to get the knockout. Definitely. And then, definitely. Yeah. And then he broke was. his foot. And for some reason, unknown to man, Andre Sugumtat decided to go to the ground with Sugar Sean O'Malley and not just have him stand up where he would pretty much immediately be disqualified. Chuck, as somebody that picked Andre Sukumtat, you were not happy about how he chose to play out the rest of that fight. Now, Evan, I uh, need to commend you on how well you articulated everything about why Sugar Sean O'Malley is my new favorite fighter in the UFC. It's hard not to love him. He's good, yeah. I just followed him on Instagram. Just now. Dude is the man. Something tells me Good you man. also have a dude, new least favorite fighter in the UFC. Dude, dude, Sugar Sean would have fucking kicked, pardon my French, but kicked Sukumtat's ass. Yeah. Had his like foot not disintegrated. Yeah. Which leads me to point the finger at Sukumtat <laughs> for being the world's dumbest fighter. Like, oh my God. So I was sitting on the couch watching this fight saying out loud, the only way that my guy can win this fight is if Sugar Sean breaks his leg. (laughs) And then he goes for a head kick and literally, basically, breaks his leg. And he was on one leg, and Sukumtat, the dumbest fighter ever, tried to take him to the ground. Like, he did the one thing... That he could have done to prevent him from winning that fight. Because otherwise he's slugging off on a dude, mm-hmm. hopping yep. around on one foot. Yeah. Or he's kicking the crap out of that poor other leg. Yep. Oh, over yeah. and over. Like, yeah. just over and over <laughs> with nothing that O'Malley can do about it. Like, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Should have won that fight 
Yeah, I don't know. Because of the circumstances, but he is a complete bonehead. Sukumta, you've probably taken too many shots to the head in your time in the UFC. Please call it quits and go to school. (laughs) Something. Like, learn something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, because I know his corner was screaming for him to let Sean O'Malley up. And I know the rule, I don't know it verbatim, but it's something like if you can't stand in the normal stance of a fighter and appear to be like you're a normal fighter, which means you got to have both eyes open, uh, you got to and be able to stand on two feet. This is basically the only two rules. Um, then you're disqualified from the fight. Fight's over. So bad Hat, on you, yeah. Supreme Dot. Hats off to the guy. For but sure. also good on you because that was basically the reason I didn't have to do the strikeout. Yep. That was a fight I because of the circumstance should have gotten right yep i shouldn't have been zero and five yeah but you fates didn't. just weren't meant to be um <laughs> and then uh man we had a bit of a st- sleeper in andre arlovsky stefan struve stefan struve man just too tall like He's big boy big boy yeah it's it's so weird you think like okay you're seven feet tall you're an absolute giant you think that you would want to stick and move stay on the outside um, couldn't establish the jab. Yeah, couldn't maybe really establish throw licks. one My licks jab. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, Do throw something. one jab. Like you're a fighter. Learn how to throw a jab. That was rough. It's like it is like the kindergarten of punching. Like <laughs> step number one. Yeah. Um, and then just other notable things to mention, real quick. Uh, Mackenzie Dern made her. UFC debut. She is a five-time ADCC World's Jiu-Jitsu champion. Um, also pretty easy on the eyes. Um, and made her opponent say, ah, oh, darn it. <laughs> darn it. Um, that should probably be her new nickname, right? Mackenzie Darn It Darn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, good on her. She got it. It was a close close win, Forget but she get her darn. pulled it out in the... Uh, <laughs> The strikeouts nice. really kicking in over there. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Jesus! Welcome to the silliest shit mini podcast. Oh yeah. Um, so good on her for getting that win, and then uh, just congratulations to Mike Pyle. Uh, unfortunately, he had a brutal knockout. Her got knocked out brutally in the first round, Yikes. but he did have a really a phenomenal career in the UFC, and this was his last fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just uh, just good on you, Mike Pyle. And with that said, that pretty much wraps up anything from UFC 222. So let's take it over to Gentleman's Talk. This weekend, we had Phil Mickelson ends the longest drought of his career at the WGC Mexico Championship. It was his first win in four years uh, since winning at Mirafield. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, so he went into a playoff with... Arguably the hottest golfer in the world right now, and Justin Thomas beat him in the playoff. I don't think he's that good looking. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree with you. I'm with you 100. percent He's got a little Idiot. beady eyed little little guy for sure. Um, but yeah, he uh, I and mean, he got into the playoff with dramatic fashion. You guys see his last shot of the tournament. Well, oh, I guess yeah. technically is of the regular tournament. He had I think it was 138 yards out, and he was uh, he was down by one and at the time, and then hold out for an eagle. Did you see it, Chuck? 
No. Yeah, so yeah. he holed out for an eagle, and he ended up having a two-shot lead going into, you know, once once he was done with the tournament. And Phil came back in the last three holes and ended up tying it up. And You know, it's probably a lot easier to hole out when you uh, kick all your hecklers out of the crowd. That's I know, a good right, point. man? Exactly. And I know. I was so ready to text you about that, too, because you had been saying on our last podcast, like, how big of a hit does Justin Thomas take from... Um, you know, not a great look by kicking not out a fan look. for nothing that big of a deal. And I was going to text you saying, like, dude, short memory. Nobody cares if he's going to get this win and come right back. I and texted that to my friend. Nope. <laughs> I texted pretty much. I, I, I tweeted out uh, my friend Trent because he's he's a huge he hates he hates Justin Thomas. And I just <laughs> sent out the videos. I'm like, this guy just hit the shot of the year to probably win the tournament. How do you feel about that? And t- luckily, it came back and bit me in the ass because he ended up losing, which was great. But I mean. You know that, that I think that's definitely one of those things that um, it hell for Phil. Like, dude, he hasn't won in four and a half years. Four and a half years. His last one was at the Open Championship, two thousand thirteen. Um, he's been and he's. I think he's finished the last four tournaments in the top five. So he's been playing really, really well. Yeah, you know what? He's like every time I log in to look at any scoreboard, I feel like I see him on like the first page or two every single weekend. Mm-hmm. Dude, he's, and, uh, yeah, he wants to make the Ryder Cup team really bad, um, and this will be—I think this will be like the eleventh or twelfth consecutive time that he'll qualify for the Ryder Cup. If he does, at this point right now, he's in for sure. Who would you pair him with? Who would I pair him with? One of the young guys. Um, I don't know who who all would be in it at this point, but I mean, of the people I'd say that I know would be in it. I think he'd be a good person to pair up with, like Daniel Berger. Oh, let's get—I said let's get like Ricky and Phil. Like that, yeah. They've played together like, a couple times. They play really well together too. Much more newer, modern, sleeker uh, attire mm-hmm. versus <laughs> total the dad fight. attire. Do you remember what tournament yeah. was it last year when Phil Mickelson was wearing the like triple XL pinstripe pants? Oh, he's like got the baggiest baggy shit. He's got dude, he's got he's got dad pants. I want him pants. to wear skinny pants mm-hmm. at the Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. Well, look. I mean, you know, it's. It, and everybody else wear baggy pinstripes. Yeah, that'd be pretty funny. But, you know, it's one of those things that's like the sponsor kind of picks what everybody and everybody wears the same shit. This sure. is the one time where, you know, like Puma is not going to be wearing uh, Ricky's not going to be wearing Puma. He'll be mm-hmm. wearing Ralph Lauren's any all whoever's going to be the sponsor. I'm pretty sure it's Ralph Lauren. Your yeah. your favorite brand over I there. I think it is. Yeah, I'm pretty like sure Alex. it is. But Phil's got to be feeling pretty darn good. Like oh, the man. way he's trending right now, leading in towards the Masters. We're only a few weeks away. I he's, he's now hot. He's now the sixth highest favorite to win the Masters, which is not that surprising since he's already won there three times. I mean, he's yeah, he multiple time winner who's playing great golf right now. I, mm-hmm. I'm surprised he's sixth favorite. Yeah. You know who's ahead of him? Tigre? Tiger. No way. How do you think Tiger's how do you think Tiger's feeling after this weekend? I mean, if I hate to say this, but if Phil can win at forty seven, I think that sky's looking pretty good. I was for, thinking about that too. It's Tiger. a little bit of a canary in the coal mine situation. I feel like it's like, yeah, if Phil can hang in three years shy of fifty. Mm-hmm. Why can't Matt Kuchar and Tiger yeah, Woods? Exactly. And Sergio and the guys are a little bit towards the, you know, they're on the back nine of mm-hmm. life. Definitely. Um, at least with the golf career. At least with the golf career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not of life, obviously. Um, now we're just going to stick with life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, golfers only live to be about 60 years old. Yeah. I mean, and watching this tournament, I can honestly say this is the very first time I've ever been rooting for Phil Mickelson to win a tournament. 
I just something about Justin ever? Thomas. Yeah, I, I wow. don't think I can. I don't think I've ever said I've rooted for Phil Mickelson. There's something about Justin Thomas that just rubs me the wrong way. I don't know what it is. Well, I do know what it is. He seems kind of like a prick, and I don't know. I just um, I remember seeing. I was watching. You know, I was thinking to myself like, "Oh God, Justin Thomas is going to win this again." He's going to, you know, shut up all the haters for that whole get in the bunker thing. Blah, blah, blah. He's won two weeks in a row. And I'm really glad that Phil shut him up and won. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was just, I was I don't know about that. I was pulling for Justin Thomas. I wanted, he would have been the only player with nine wins before his 25th birthday. Who cares? Been. Dude needs to take a strike out. I cheer for greatness. Chill. Because didn't he just tie the eight wins before your 25th birthday with Spieth and Woods? I thought that's what uh, he did with his last victory. Um... I think I think he, no I think he was just saying that he was one of the only players to do this, mm. one of the only four players to do it. I'm pretty sure Tiger had like double digit wins by the time he was 25. Yeah, that does make more. Pretty sense sure actually. he did. And I'm worthless over here regarding. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> okay. Yeah, but I'm I mean out there. I mean yeah, hell of a run. I mean, and and it's not like he he did it against a slouch field too. This is WGC event. He did it against the best players in the world. You know, you had DJ. You had. Justin Thomas, you had Justin Spieth, you had, um, you know, you had all the great players of the world playing in this thing, and he shows them that, you know, he can still win, which is very, very impressive. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got to be feeling pretty good about himself, and he claimed that, that some reporter asked him at the press conference, you know, like, hey, so um, you're seven wins, seven ways win from your 50, until you, you know, until you get your 50th win, you know, do you think you'll get there? And uh, with no hesitation, he's like, oh, I'll get there. It's just not a matter of when. It's just like, I don't have a time. I don't have like a, you know, I don't know what month I'm going to get there, but I'm going to get there. So I like the confidence, but I have to admit, I'm more, I'm more happy to see him win because I think Tiger has a better chance of winning now. <laughs> I feel like so this all comes down to this win must have done, you know, I think that he's probably, I mean, not having a win for four years has got to be tough on mm-hmm. you just mentally and to get a victory, uh, especially in a stacked field like that. I feel like it's it's just it's got to do a lot for the you know your mentality going into tournaments further that hey I can still hang with these guys I can still come out with a victory I can get better than top five finishes and actually yeah. close the door especially at forty seven yeah that's that's impressive yeah that's you, very impressive got to feel good for Phil um yeah. let's see so good on Phil Mickelson good on Phil Mickelson I'd say while one guy has increased his uh mentality. Other guys not doing so hot. Um, this week, Kevin Love came out and discloses uh, his bouts with panic attacks and mental health and mm-hmm. says that this is an everyone thing. Is Meaning? He, I, uh, I actually feel really good for Kevin Love right now because mm-hmm. I feel like um, by him being able to disclose this, he's sort of exercising a demon that's been haunting him. And I think it's... He wouldn't be writing this unless he has sort of come to a new level of peace in probably getting to like the lowest point in his life. Yeah. It has made him realize how he does need to, you know, work on his, you know, mental game, if you will, like just his whole mentality. Um, I commend him for coming out about this and for any of our listeners at home, you know, like. He's seeing therapy now. Don't be afraid to go see therapy. It's actually a really liberating thing because it's like a coach for your mind. Yeah. No totally. one absolutely thinks twice about going to see a personal trainer for your your body. But think of if you think of it maybe as a personal trainer for your mind, there'd be less stigma about it. 
I mean, people in general or athletes? Just people, people. in general, but yeah. especially athletes, because I feel like athletes in the athletic culture that we're in and sort of uh, Kevin Love sort of articulates this, it's it's really hard to show any weakness because you're seen as this like almost like godlike figure. It's it's different from your everyday human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the article, he, he mentioned about how, you know, kind of like what you said, where it's like. You know, I'm a professional athlete. You know, I have a big house. I make millions of dollars a year, and I'm only 29. Like, you know, and it says, "Be a man." Don't you don't need to talk about stuff. Like, just just let it go. You can figure it out. Blah blah blah. But it's like, I mean, I I think it's a very good thing for him to say this thing because it's hard for a lot of people out there, me including, that you know, just to like, if you have inner demons or you know stuff popping out that you just you're afraid to tell people because you don't know, a how they're gonna react. B, if they're going to tell their people, and C, like, are they going to think, you know, oh, maybe I'm a big baby because I say something like this. Like, that shouldn't be something people have to think about. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's maybe not as big of a deal as it seems like. I, I don't know. I, I personally, I know a lot of fighters use mental health coaches um, just because, like, the act of getting into the cage and stuff can, is, is obviously so intense mm-hmm. that, like, d- guys have to talk about it and stuff and and sports psychology is getting to be i feel like a much bigger thing i don't know i just i guess i don't really see what the big deal is well i think i don't think like is there that big of a stigma still about going to go see a fucking counselor doesn't really seem like that like i don't know if you guys both told me that you were in therapy literally i would say okay cool and then i would just talk to you about exactly what i was going to talk to you about before See, but i don't think a lot i don't think majority people actually think that way though i think a lot of people kind of you know that same thing we talked about social media last week where like some people you see something and you just judge people in a way and you kind of like want to have the good things that these people have and you know for some people it's like oh you know i see myself as this person but then actually whenever you know when i really look deep like i can't express my true self because of some stuff that i'm not as cool as say you know like I'm not as cool as my friend evan you know like as cool as my friend yeah. chuck type thing yeah, like definitely you know stuff like that so I think that it's a very good thing that he said, you know, like, hey, just be honest with, you know, if it's, and if you're with people that don't accept what you say to them, then they probably shouldn't be your friends the same way, too. Yeah. You know, like. I agree. Yeah. So I I think it's great that he's doing this. This is kind of like the whole shut up and dribble movement thing. But I think to more people, I I think you can reach out to a lot of people. I feel like it's like, so, yeah, go ahead. I get what you're saying, Evan, like where, like, you feel like it's really not that big of a deal. Um and, like, I think that's a tribute to the fact that, like, mental health has been in the forefront of a lot of communication mm-hmm. over, you know, the last handful of years. So it has come a long way, but um, still there are a lot of people out there that, you know, don't feel comfortable, like, themselves thinking that they need to go see counseling. Yeah. Even if you... Th- yeah. Like... Absolutely. I, I, I just advocate for literally anybody to go talk to somebody because... It's awesome. Gets a lot of weight off your chest. So, yeah, um, either which way, though, I mean, good for Kevin Love. It'll be interesting to see, like, if his uh, numbers take a rise. Like, I don't know. I guess I just don't feel like it's like as big as a, a a breakout as like whoever first cracked the story on Harvey Weinstein or something like that. Oh you know, no, it's like, I agree. Oh, I agree. I'm not no. saying you guys are saying that, but I just like I, it just. You just don't I, hear I don't a lot. Of, I, I haven't read much about the story, so I don't know. Well, like, just did he just come out and say like, "Hey, I'm going to therapy and seeing a sports psychologist or something"? And like, 
that should be okay. Well, I think he's. The, I, I don't think he necessarily means like the fact that okay, you need to go see a therapy. I think he's mainly. I, that definitely is part of it, but I think he's mainly trying to say like, you can open up to your friends and like mm-hmm. let you know you know make that more acceptable. I think it's, it's kind of the point that he's trying to say as well because he also talks about how like. You know, basically what happened was his grandma passed away and he was like, oh, you know, it really had an effect on me, but I didn't know it until I told the therapist. Then he kind of realized like, okay, once I saw, started seeing the therapist, I was able to kind of like communicate more with my teammates, communicate more with my family, communicate more with my friends, be able to open up and make it sound like it's okay as opposed to like having to go see professional help. Because sometimes there's people close to you that you can just talk about it and like make it What I see interesting about this story is just that it's, an athlete sort of bridging that chasm between everyday human. And mm-hmm. exactly. part of this is because... We, nice use of like chasm. We, <laughs> thank you. Um, I've become very articulate after my strikeout. Um, but, uh, you know, with like social media and things like that, people feel a new attachment to athletes unlike any, like any other time. And so it's kind of cool to see this now. And... Uh, I'm sure it'll open up some other channels in yeah. which uh, athletes True. can get closer to their fans. Yep. So. Absolutely. Okay. Well, let's change gears here. Uh, we mentioned the combine last week. Um, what we're going with as our hands down feel good story of the week this week. Uh, NFL dream is within reach for central Florida star Shaquem Griffin, who lost his hand as a child. Um, basically just a little background on this. Um, there's a, player Shaquem Griffin um who had a uh sickness disease whatever you want to call yeah, it born with um, a full hand born with a thing called amniotic band syndrome and basically it caused it's it's a, a very thin membrane that was um like kind of wrapped around where his hand was but he's a twin with his brother Shaquille Griffin and they couldn't put a needle in to remove the membrane without possibly causing the loss of one of the lives of one of the twins when they were being born. So they, so he had to be born with it. And basically it caused his left hand to be so painful and like to have so much pain in his fingers that when he was four years old, his mom found him in the kitchen with a knife above his hand about to cut his own hand off. So she took him to the hospital and basically all he remembers is that he woke up the next day and only had one hand. Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's crazy. So he's a twin with this guy, Shaquille Griffin, and all they've ever wanted to do since they were little kids was play football. And that's kind of the track that they went. And then, you know, his, his brother was an absolute stud. He was pretty good, but obviously having one hand kind of limited him a little bit. They both ended up at university of central Florida. Um, where they were able to play, and his brother Shaquille uh, was kind of killing it, starter, um, all this stuff. And Shaquem started off as a backup and then got moved to third string and then was redshirted um, and just kept on going, kept sticking with it. Uh, they basically had a change of head coach, and then that head coach gave Shaquem a better chance, and then he absolutely became a destroyer on defense. Um, his highlight reel is incredible, and now he is murdering it at the combine. Won the combine so far. Yeah, I mean, winning just... the combine, <laughs> hands down. Yeah, oh, terrible. No God, I did. No I pun really intended. Didn't mean to say that. <laughs> um, yeah, he did the uh, bench press, and it was crazy. Like, listen, like how many people were just screaming, cheering mm-hmm. for him um, with prosthetic you know, arm compared to everybody else. So um, obviously, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, not a lot to say about this. It's just an awesome story. I was reading this on... Mm-hmm. Uh, Wasn't he, like, not invited to the Combine until really late, too? Yes. And yes. so this is what I really like about the Combine for players like him. Is like, there was a good chance that he wouldn't have even gotten to, like, showcase his skill set. Agreed. Like, who knows if everyone's actually watching all of the game tape of everybody who's, oh. you know, could potentially be available to be drafted. Yeah, for sure. No, and... No, no. This guy gets a late call in and absolutely puts on a show. He ran like one of the fastest 40 times Four, that three, a linebacker eight. has run in like the last 20 years. Yeah. He crushed it on the bench press, doing more bench press than like tons of dudes that have two hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I, and I'm now very... everyone's looking at his game tape and they can realize that he can freaking play. Yes. I, I, I'm going to. I'm going to take the negative side of this route. But I have to say, I'm very happy for the guy. He's killing at the Combine. Runs very fast time. He's doing really, really well. But I still think this is going to kind of come back. And, you know, it's going to hurt him in the long run. Because, you know, most scouts are going to be able to... They're going to look at a lot of linebackers and be like, this guy only has one hand. You know... Two hands are always better than one when They're it comes talking to like, about somebody that. like that. You know, um, there's a couple coaches talking about that about prospectively drafting him because they feel like uh, teams are going to intentionally target the side that he's defending on. Yeah, thinking that they'll throw yeah. and that he won't be able to block. But uh, apparently, he does just as well with his tiny nubbin as he does mm-hmm. with his other hand. I mean, it's, so he's like coaches are saying that they almost want players to target that side of him. Uh, I get it. I would to, to underestimate him essentially. Yeah, I mean, I you can't you can't fault the guy's heart. You can't fault the guy's passion. Obviously, you know he loves the sport. He's he apparently is pretty damn good. Um, he did good at UCF. I just think that you know most scouts are gonna see this and kind of just be like, I'd rather have somebody with two hands. So Dane, just to how catch many times have you seen a guy with like a broken hand? Get that, that hand wrapped guy. up in a huge club? Who is it? JPC that play a lot. They and. They play because their team identifies that that player gives them the best possible chance to win the game. Yeah. For that game. Yeah. It's a game-by-game league in the NFL. So why can't this guy, who's under that circumstance all the time, who has been his entire life, though, and knows how to Mm -hmm. navigate it, be treated any differently than any of those guys in that next game? I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying that if you're going like a statistic route, like you hear talk about how everybody, you know, has these clubs in their hand every so often, that's for a couple games. This guy's going to have it every single game. I know, but like I said, this guy has had it for every single day yeah. of his life since he was four years old. He's used to it, obviously. He knows what he's doing with it. Um, and, you know, it's a great. I, I do think he'll get drafted. I really do. I, I truly honestly believe that. I don't think he's going to go very high. Um, but I do think somebody is going to give him a chance. And I think that and he because, will play. And but because of guys like you, Dane, who are putting a little, that are discounting his potential ability by chance, he's got a chip on his shoulder. You better Good. believe it. And I hope this guy is a Chicago Bear at the end of the <laughs> draft because we need more people like him on our team. Okay. I mean, even if he's yeah. not an absolute stud, I have heard uh, from a 
you know, a couple, a bunch of guys just talking about him, uh, that have played with him before and stuff. Just saying that, like, he is an absolute spark plug just to have around the locker room and I for morale and, th- and like, he outworks everybody that he's around. And, mm-hmm. like, so I don't know. I mean, you know, when you're trying to make it into the NFL, I don't know how much that ever gets factored in. But even if it gets factored in a little bit, that could help him out a lot. That's the main reason why I think he'll get drafted is because it's of possible. his personality and because of his locker room, you know, um, aroma or whatever the hell you want to say it is. But, He's he obviously has a ton of heart, like I yeah, said. He smells great. Yeah, he smells great. Um, <laughs> but you know, I I do think that he will get drafted. I just and you know, I hope I'm one of those people that puts that chip on his shoulder and he can really kick ass. You know, I'm hoping he does well. I just think that he's gonna be overlooked because of people like me. Yeah, Sorry, but either way, it's a great story for now. Good Absolutely. on you, Shaquem Griffin. Should we give a hand to Shaquem Griffin? All right, and then our final headline of the day, sticking with uh, football-related things. Um, longtime ref Ed Hockley is hanging up the stripes as an NFL referee and surprisingly did not give us a 15-minute-long explanation with his uh, retirement. Yeah, seriously, man. <laughs> that dude is always good for a long-winded explanation, if you will. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Pass interference on the defense. Well, so what do you think? The defensive player grasped the offensive player distal to the shoulder pad he, yeah, he makes in an underhand fashion. As a guy that likes watching football the, yeah. and has never so much as played peewee football, I uh, appreciate his long explanations when I often have no idea what is yeah, going on. He's good for the game. He really Dude's is. a lawyer. He's articulate, so he I does. never minded him. Do you think he's retiring from both the NFL and as being a lawyer, or do you think he's just going to go be a lawyer and be a partner? Don't have any clue about that, but I know he's not going to be giving up on bodybuilding. That Absolutely not. Buff. Yeah, he's yoked. He's, he's been taking like, steroids. Do you for think it's sure. a longer list of the steroids he is taking or the steroids he's not taking? Is. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> all when you started thinking about longer, all I started thinking about was his dick. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, one strikeout brings out gay Chuck. Oh, yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, man, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> Good for you, Chuck. Do you think it's got as many veins as it does in his arm? <laughs> <laughs> the arm for sure has more. It's way bigger. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Well, <laughs> find out that and more next <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, Ed Hockley. I wouldn't be surprised if he had like a dick pic scandal come out in the next year or two. Oh, it's just, maybe that's why he's retiring. Yeah, he's just retiring. Just you think he's just getting ahead of it. Yeah. He's pulling a Brett Favre. Yeah, that's possible. Well, let's uh, get out of this podcast before we go any further down that rabbit hole. Deal. Oh, okay. Well, uh, thanks everyone for listening to us. Please give us a follow on SoundCloud. And uh, comment, give it, tell us what you like, what you don't. We want to hear it because we want to do better for you next time. Uh, again, I'm Charlie for Dane and Evan. We're the stay-at-home fans. Check back in on Thursday night for a new one. Bye. See ya.